Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. You know our trusted partner, TireRack.com, for their fast, free shipping, free road hazard protection, convenient installation options, and their great selection of best tires, like the highly consumer-rated Kumo Majesty 9 Solus TA91. But did you know they sell other automotive products? Wheels, brakes, suspension, just to name a few. Go to TireRack.com slash Colin, TireRack.com, the way tire buying should be. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. The Volume. This is Straight Fire with Jason McIntyre. What is up, Straight Fire fan? It's me, Jason McIntyre, Straight Fire, for Wednesday, November 29th. Got an amazing interview today with a new uh, new voice, shall we say, in the quarterback discussion game. Um, you guys remember, ah, I guess the faithful listeners to my radio show remember, like, um, I don't know, it might have been like 2019. Um, when Rob G was producing uh, the radio show, he comes to me. He's like, "Hey, we got to have this guy on the radio. Um, he's a quarterback, and um, he's breaking down stuff on the internet. It's kind of interesting." And his name at the time was Dan Orlovsky. I was like, "Oh, okay, sure, we'll have him." Oh, wait, that's the guy who stepped out of the end zone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we had him on the show, and within like six months, Dan Orlovsky's at ESPN, and now he's like one of their top guys, making seven figures a year. Uh, on the NFL. It's insane how quickly you can be original and breaking stuff down and make it interesting. So Rob G went and found another guy who's super interesting. This guy did not play as much in the NFL. Kyle Sloter is his name. He played in uh, played for Southern Miss and then uh, Northern Colorado, and he had moments with the Denver Broncos in the preseason. The Vikings, the Cardinals, the Lions, the Bears, the Raiders, the Vikings, and the Jags. Now, again, he his total NFL pass attempts in regular season is zero, but he spent a lot of time in NFL locker rooms, uh, quarterback rooms. Famous, He's got a good uh, Kirk Cousins, Christian Ponder story from Minnesota, and he breaks down all of the top college quarterbacks and how people view Russell Wilson as washed last year but fixed this year. Like, what's the truth there? Um, Bryce Young, we talk about a lot of quarterbacks. I think it's going to be an informative talk. Plus, he talks about his days in college when he went through some ordeals. And I talked to some of you guys, some of the listeners have hit me up on IG and we've had some discussions back and forth about life and pursuing your dreams and all that stuff. Listen to some of the stuff this guy Kyle says, because he went through hell on the college football front. You know, um, you go to a team, they tell you you're going to be quarterback and then you're the backup and they're like, Oh, we need you to be tight end or wide receiver. And you want to do whatever you can and, man, this guy Kyle went through a lot, but I think you'll like his breakdowns on the quarterbacks. So um, for the first time on the podcast, uh, let's welcome in Kyle Sloter. 
You know a guy. Jason likes to think he knows everything when it comes to sports. I know what sports fans want. But for everything he doesn't, he knows a guy who does. Let's just say I know a guy who knows a guy who knows another guy. Welcome into Straight Fire, a new guest to the podcast. He has not been, I don't even know if he's done that much media at this point. He's a former uh, big time quarterback in the South and then uh, played college football, has had stints with, uh, geez, half a dozen NFL teams, Birmingham Stallions most recently. Let's welcome in Kyle Sloter. Kyle, how you doing, man? I'm doing good, Jason. I appreciate you having me. Yeah, well, we had to have you on when you start ruffling all these feathers on social media (laughs) uh, with some of these hot quarterback takes. Now, listen, this is a good way to break into the business. You are on the young side, right? 29 years old still? Yep. Yes, sir. So um, I guess let's start here. Um, So obviously you played a lot of quarterback coming up um, and, uh, you know, you played in college at Southern Miss and then Northern Colorado. I'm just curious what the process was like going from college to the pros uh, for you, who is you know big guy, six five, uh, big time high school prospect, uh, multiple star recruit, yet uh, several offers in the in the South. I'm just just talk a little bit about that process going from college to to the NFL. Yeah, so for me it was kind of a uh, an up and down one. So I went to Southern Mississippi as a quarterback. Um, that staff that I I committed under ended up getting fired. Uh, at the end of the season, their first season uh, went 0-12. We finished the season before with Austin Davis as the quarterback, if you remember him. Yeah. That's 15th in the nation. Um, they'd had 20 straight bowl appearances, like very good tradition at Southern Miss, and then they go 0-12. So naturally, uh, people down there uh, didn't love that. Ellis Johnson was the coach at the time. He gets fired. Um, and at that time I was playing quarterback and they'd asked me in the middle of the season, do you want to play? Do you want a red shirt? Because at that time transfer portal wasn't a thing. If you yeah. played more than, I think they'd recently changed it to, if you'd gotten in at all, your red shirt was burned. Um, so us being halfway through an zero and six, zero and seven season, me not really wanting to burn that. I stayed, uh, on the bench, kept my red shirt. And then thinking next year I would play, we had a few guys graduating, Uh, A few guys transferring out of there as quarterbacks. Well, the new staff comes in and they make me a receiver. So Mm -hmm. I end up playing receiver at Southern Miss for three seasons. Uh, Started a few games there for them when guys got hurt, but was never a go-to guy type of thing. Uh, I was somebody Mm -hmm. that at that point in my career, I was – uh, I thought I'd finish out at Southern Miss, probably just get my degree and go work in finance, which was what my degree was in. Um, <laughs> right. Ended up having my scholarship taken um, just because the coaching staff, we weren't doing too good as a team. And the I guess the AD had told Todd Munkin at the time, who's now the offensive coordinator for the Ravens. Ravens, yeah. Um, yeah so they had told him that if we didn't start winning, that they were going to move on from him. So they bring me in. I get the dreaded text. Hey, coach wants to see you after finals, uh, you know, end of the spring semester. And uh, immediately you start wondering what you did wrong. uh, What could he possibly want to talk to you about? And he brings you in and says, hey, I need to go get guys that can help us win right now. Um, They've they've informed me that I'm not going to be here long if we don't win next year. So I need to take your scholarship because we don't believe you can help us anymore. And use that to go get another guy. All right. Hold up. Hold up. So how how do you respond to that? I mean, Munkin at the time didn't look like had much of a resume. Now, obviously, he's doing uh, decent things with the Ravens was a Jordan. Yeah. yeah. Uh, How do you respond? Is it F-bombs? Is it like, uh, okay? well, I mean, you're a young guy, so I'm assuming you kept your composure. 
Yeah, you know, um, it's a uh, I was never raised to, you know, kind of act up in front of your uh, superiors, I guess. Um, you kind of keep it under wraps and then deal with it in your own way. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I'm not going to lie. I kept it together there, had a few questions for him, like why this is happening and uh, how, you know, am I not of use anywhere, whether it be special teams, whether because I was on kickoff, kickoff return. I had returned a punt at one point in my career. Um, Was wondering why I wasn't able to be used anywhere. Um, And then after that, I think the hardest part is probably calling your parents, Mm. um, telling them that, you know, you're three hours from graduating. You can no longer uh, or you're no longer able to pay for school because I'm a broke college kid at that point. I thought I was helping my parents out, you know, paying for my own college type of thing. So, you know, a lot of tears there, uh, a lot of um, doubts wanting to give up those types of things. And then, uh, you know, at a certain point, uh, there was a moment in me that wanted to just get my three hours and go to work, um, find a job, move on from football. But I've always had this kind of, uh, if you tell me I can't do something, I'm going to go do it. So they told me I wasn't good enough. I transferred to Northern Colorado. I had two years remaining. I had to transfer down to FCS to be immediately eligible because the transfer portal was not a thing at that time. Mm. So um, went to Northern Colorado. They told me I'm going to be a quarterback for them. And then as soon as I got there, they made me a receiver. So, <laughs> yeah. Wait, so <laughs> so this is this comes down to, I guess, coaches selling you whatever to get you in the door. Exactly. And then you get there and they pull not pull the rug out from under you, but change things, which is kind of effed up. Yeah. I mean, essentially it's pulling the rug out from under you. Um, so I get there, I made a receiver, uh, and I actually play a lot less. I think I played like three snaps that entire season come from, uh, division one school down to one double a FCS. Um, and they had four guys that were really good at receiver and, uh, young guys that they also wanted to work in as well, get them experience. And so I think I saw like three or four snaps, um, on offense all year. And uh, that was a tough time for me because I lost 45 hours in transferring. So I lost essentially a year and a half of school when I was three hours away at Southern Miss. Um, So I had to take 22 hours a semester just to be eligible. Um, Well, hold up, hold up. You had to have had thoughts like, is this even worth it, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, when that when that final game hit uh, in my junior season, you know, again, I'm wondering why didn't I just go to work? Why did I waste all this time? Uh, I'm 22-ish, 23-ish hours in a car away from home, uh, mm. away from friends and family. And, you know, you come in anywhere as a transfer that's a little bit older, junior, senior, like, you know, the cliques within the uh, team mm. are already kind of formed. Best friends have already been together for three, four years. So, and then not to mention you come in as a division one recruit that is on full ride scholarship. So once my teammates found out that I was one of the guys, cause there are only like 15 guys on the team, they break up scholarships in FCS. Yeah. Like some people get 20%, some people get 50. So when they found mm-hmm. out I was getting a hundred and not even playing, oh, I mean, I, I was the butt of a lot of jokes. So I, uh, at that point after my junior season, um, I remember going back to my car and just like, you know, I'm not too proud to admit that I, I sat there and I cried. I was like, I don't know why I did this. Like this is, you know, cause football as an athlete, my whole life, it's, it was everything. And, uh, you know, not having it in my life and it not going the right way. And, you know, a lot of guys, when things don't go right, I have so many friends that, you know, just quit after their freshman year or quit after their sophomore year, but there's not many guys that 
don't play all the way through their red shirt, you know, junior year and are still like going hard at it. Like, you know, I can do this. I can do this. So um, that next springtime, I ended up having to take a bunch of classes. So I wasn't able to go to spring ball to compete for. They told me I could compete for the starting quarterback job. The guy was an incumbent. So I knew that it was not going to be necessarily a fair fight, but they told right. me I could try to be the quarterback. And we only had two at the time. So I was like, okay, well, I'm at least going to be the backup. So I ended up having to take classes during spring ball, missed that. I was informed by the school that I had to have an internship in order to oh my goodness. graduate, uh, which at this point in my life, NFL is not even on the radar because yeah. <laughs> I have not played, um, have not thrown a pass. And uh, things just haven't gone great. So I'm at this point in my career where I'm like, hey, I've got to have, uh, you know, now it's plan A. Plan A is my financial advising career that I've got to go get an internship with back home in Atlanta, a place that offered me a job when I was done. So I miss all of summer football. So Mm -hmm. I miss all of spring, all of summer. And I'm sitting there. Now I've got my degree in hand. And I'm like, do I even want to go back? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we messed this up. It is what it felt like. We messed this up when we transferred from Southern Miss. Like it felt like we should have just gone to work then. Do we want to do this now? Like now we have degree in hand. Like, do you want to put yourself through it again? So I remember having my phone in my hand one night, ready to call my coach. And I was like, you know what? I got to sleep on it. Woke up in the morning and couldn't call him. I was like, I got to go yeah. back, finish what I started type of thing. I never quit anything. And uh, I went back uh I remember the very first game. So I'm playing receiver while being the backup quarterback. And I am the very first game we're blowing out this D2 school. Uh, I think 35-ish, nothing, some somewhere around there. Halftime, they come to me and tell me, hey, Kyle, you're going in. So I'm like, oh, man, I've waited five years to go in again. Yeah. So I'm juiced about the opportunity, go out there, and we had a bootleg where you got, you know, a seven-yard sit on the sideline, you've got a corner by the slot, and you've got a deep over coming across the middle. Well, as I roll out to my left, I'm like, I see the seven-yard sit sitting wide open. He's progression number one. He's the guy that the ball's supposed to go to if he's open. But I also see this deep over coming into my vision, and I'm like, I've waited five years to play quarterback. (laughs) I'm going for it all. So I end up uh, throwing it to the deep over in the very first – passive my college career gets picked off and goes for six so oh, no yeah oh my God. i was expecting goes, the other side of that damn oh no. gosh goes for oh. six and uh i think i threw the ball three more times was zero for three no yards an interception pick six um and we played so bad as an offense that the coach in the press to the press at the end of the game said that he thought about putting the starters back in because I think we ended up winning like 35 to like 21. So the margin like definitely closed there. So definitely defeated in that moment because I had told myself, you can do it. You can do it. All you need is a chance. All you need is a chance. And uh, I remember telling myself that if I ever got the opportunity again, I was going to work my ass off the rest of the time. I was going to watch more film than anyone. I was going Mm -hmm. to put in extra work after practice. Well, we go into the next week against Abilene Christian and the starting quarterback. We get the ball first starting quarterback gets picked up and slammed by a former five-star recruit from Texas that, you know, just didn't have it work out there at Texas. So (laughs) transfers down and uh, gets picked up, slammed shoulder breaks on the quarterback. And so they're like, hey, 
you're in. And I've oh, got my wow. gloves on. I'm like, what do I do? I'm wondering what the, the process is here and getting ready. So start taking snaps, start throwing the ball, get loose. I go out there. They give me a four verticals concept and <laughs> just chuck and duck. Yeah, huh? literally. <laughs> so first play out there, chuck a deep ball to uh, one of my buddies who ended up making a one handed catch for 40 yards in the uh, end zone. We got a good return, so we were at the 50-yard line. Threw it up to him in the end zone and came down with it. We get a touchdown. I don't know the extent of the injury at this point, so I'm like, that's awesome. I'm one for one. I threw a touchdown. Mm-hmm. I can tell my kids I threw a touchdown. Like, I'm I'm good. I can die now. So then I come to the sideline. They tell me, hey, we're still looking them over. You're going back out. I throw like a 20-yard completion on a deep over, and then we run a double move, and I throw another touchdown. So now I'm three for three with like 100 yards. This is the start of a big season. This is movie stuff. Yeah, yeah. And two touchdowns. I go back out there again. They tell me, hey, he's done for the year. It's it's yours. Wow. So I go out there, and I finish the game with six touchdowns passing, 450 yards, and ran for one and was national player of the week that week and then two more times that yeah. season which so was, so let me ask you Kyle like do you what, what do you think changed it couldn't just be the age i'm sure there's a lot of factors but how much of it do you think was hey there's no pressure we got no other backups you're the guy as opposed to fighting for a job oh absolutely i mean yeah. anytime you're a quarterback in a position where you have the green light we call it like hey you're uh, so for instance i'm in minnesota with kirk cousins and he's got an 84 million dollar fully guaranteed contract you're not coming out of the game unless something horrific happens. So like right. you have the green light to go in there and do whatever you want, make plays, make adjustments. And when you're playing free to me as a quarterback, that's when you play your best. Mm, not looking over your shoulder, like Jack yeah. Wilson and you know, all these other guys. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for, or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card. Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stan the Queen of Tejano. And stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The NFL season is going strong, and DraftKings Sportsbook is hooking new customers up with an offer that's even stronger. Bet five bucks on any game this week to score $200 instantly in bonus bets, and DraftKings isn't stopping there. All customers can take advantage of a sweetener offer every game day this October. 
Get in on the game day greatness. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use code STRAIGHTFIRE. New customers can score $200 instantly in bonus bets when you bet five on the NFL. That's code STRAIGHTFIRE only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, licensee partner Golden Nugget, Lake Charles, 21 and up, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. So one of the reasons we brought you on is like, you know, I uh, uh, Rob, the producer, was telling me about you and some of the stuff. And there's like this cottage industry online of everybody. It's like the toughest thing to crack. Like people can solve like, you know, uh, many markets around the world. Nobody can fix this quarterback thing. Um, you look back at the COVID draft class with Trevor Lawrence and all those quarterbacks in the first round. None of them have panned out. Or Trevor Lawrence obviously is good, but yeah, yeah. the rest of them total. Fit. And this you look at every draft and a bunch of guys missed. And we yeah. even watched Justin Fields last night, and everybody's waiting for him to be the guy he was at Ohio State. It's not happening, you know. Yeah. And so you've been breaking down a lot of quarterbacks on social media, and you, you know, you've kind of got a following here, and you're starting to tick some people off with some of the takes. And <laughs> obviously, I'm sure people are saying, "Hey, hey, listen, this guy, okay, he played some quarterback, but come on, yeah, he, he could he couldn't be the quarterback at Southern Miss. What does he know about Caleb Williams and yeah. Jaden Daniels? When when they, when they come at you with this crap, what do you hit them back with? Yeah, you know, it's I'm not someone that's going to go back at you too, too hard, but I am somebody that, you know, there's very few people um, on the planet that are going to know the game. And when I say few people, I'm talking about all your NFL coaches in terms of your quarterback coaches, your offensive coordinators, your head coaches, your quarterbacks that are in the range of probably I would say around year three is when you start to really understand the game when things start to click so when you look at quarterbacks that are on earth or coaches that are above three years of experience in this game seeing what you've seen the different looks that you've gotten there becomes a very select few of guys that have really seen all the different looks and the things that um, defenses give you the things that it takes to be a good quarterback Um, there's just a number you know, everybody's going to have an opinion. Everybody, uh, mm-hmm. obviously, there's people all over social media and Twitter. It's a it's a pretty crazy place. But there's people that are going to give you crap for everything you say. Oh, um, yeah. I, I try to say it with an unbiased, um, you know, I'm not somebody that, like, has it out for Caleb Williams. Like, I actually would love to see Caleb Williams do really well. Like, I would love to be wrong on the guys that I say that aren't good because I've been there before. I've been that guy that people were telling me, hey, this guy's not good. He's not going to make it. He can't throw. He can't do these things. Mm. So I'm somebody that would love to see those guys. I just, when I break down film, I call it as I see it. And if you're not somebody that's an elite processor of information, if you're not somebody that your feet are tied to your progressions, if you're not somebody that um, goes through your progressions and can get off a first read or make a pre-snap identification of the defense, 
Um, it, you're, it's going to be tough. I'm not okay. saying you can't learn it, but it's going to no, be tough. That, that's great. Now you, but you said something there that people are going to hear and be like, "Come on, what's he? How does he know?" And this is a great point. The processing seems to be like the biggest thing right now in the league, and I don't have yeah. that from any current quarterbacks that are playing. But you know, guys who come through the TV studio and we talk to them. How can you watching the film? tell which is the first second and third progression and whether or not he's fully looking at them based on the camera angles the all 22 watching on tv like yeah. is, or how certain are you i mean 50 certain that he hit the right progression wrong progression because there's some quarterbacks out there kyle who you know basically after the first one they're like oh i don't trust my offensive line i got the happy feet i'm out of here you know sure. um how do you break that down while watching the film yeah, you know, there's there's a number of ways. So in terms of knowing where somebody's supposed to go, it's funny because if you have enough experience within the NFL, every playbook is almost the same. Like people mm. aren't really creating new plays. Well, like Mike tell- McDaniel would disagree. <laughs> now, well, now I'll say this. There's your crazy plays that like on those particular plays that that are drawn up that are like, person specific route specific everyone else on the field is just a decoy if you get something crazy like that the coach is coming to you saying hey we have this look that we like from the defense we are throwing it to this guy and then you may have a check down so that's where you kind of differentiate there but if you're getting like say a three level concept it's pretty standard in like your outside go route or a post say you're in three by one so you got three receivers to your left one to your right if I've got to go on the all the way outside or a post all the way outside, that's really your pre-snap read. That's like your premier look. Do I have man-to-man coverage on the outside? Do I have quarters from the defense? Am I? Can I throw that ball with the pre-snap read that the defense is giving me? And if so, I'm going to take my drop and chuck it to him, give him a chance. If not, and, and you have to process all that in less than three seconds. Too? Quickly. Quick, yeah. yeah. You, you have to make a decision based on leverage and position on your pre-snap read. Like, does the safety take three steps back? Do they get any depth? Because yeah. then I won't be able to throw a post over them. Uh, if it's a go route, it's a little bit easier because it's man to man. They're pressing. You don't want to throw a go route versus off coverage. Um, but, you know, you're really taking the pre-snap read off the rip. Um if you like what the defense is giving you, then it becomes, okay, I've eliminated that. Now I'm working to my corner, to my flat. That's kind of like a 1A, 1B type of read. You can feel the flat defender. Does he fall too deep under the corner? Does he come to the flat? And then you work backside. So you have what's called full field reads that are pretty standard in the NFL, which everything is timing up. So guys are coming open as I'm taking my hitches as a quarterback. So your first hitch is supposed to be your first progression. Second hitch is a second progression. Third hitch is a third progression. So that's how everything's supposed to time up in an offense. Mm-hmm. That's how you know if somebody is processing information well. Do they take two or three hitches to the same guy that's still not open? Are they waiting on him? Can they move on? Those kinds of things. So you make it sound easy, but all these coaches and GMs, they have watched tons of tape on Trey Lance, and they've had him in the building, and they've talked yeah. to him, and they've gone to the whiteboard, and they still trade up and get him. Uh, yeah. Mac Jones, we saw kind of sort of thrive as a as a rookie with the Patriots. I know against weak teams. Yeah. And now here he is. He he looks like total garbage. He's getting picked off all the time. He has zero confidence. Yeah. Um, it's just it, I wonder, is it how would you you know, people are like book smart or street smart, not necessarily yeah. one or the other. Which do you think processing quarterback falls under if if either one? Yeah, so um, there used to be a test, and so I'm not to throw anybody under the bus, but in the Minnesota Vikings building when I got there, 
they said that Christian Ponder was one of the smartest book smart people that they've ever been around. Like he could sit in a classroom, draw everything up. He knew everything. But when it came to processing and moving on, it's like the kid that needed. So for instance, if I asked you to solve like a very big uh, multiplication, like 1000 times, you know, 202 or whatever it is, like most people can't do that right away. Now in football, like, like if we relate that to football, where somebody sees it, processes it, knows it immediately. Like there's those brain, like their brain works differently. Matthew Stafford is one that way. Um, I mean, there's a million examples, but it's not so much book smart. It's reading space and understanding what you're seeing. And there's people, they do tests now. Um, they've created these tests that like track somebody's cognitive ability. Yeah, the S2 test, which is yes. allegedly the one that CJ Stroud bombed on. Remember, there was the big story about CJ Stroud score lowest lowest score of anywhere. Will Levis crushed him. Yeah, and, yeah. And then you come onto the field and CJ Stroud is yeah. slinging it, and by a mile, he's the best rookie. Let, let me start with a couple NFL quarterbacks. So, uh, Russell Wilson had a really strong career in Seattle. He was very good. Yep. I would say Hall of Fame track. Others would, would disagree. Nevertheless. Yep goes to Denver year one with Nathaniel Hackett and he is total and utter washed. He looks terrible. Now he gets yep. Sean Payton and you know, he's not making mistakes. I think 20 TDs, four picks, the numbers say he's vastly improved. But yep. when I watch him, I don't see a quarterback sitting in there going through progressions. It looks to me like he is first read. Uh, okay. Yep. I don't want to make a mistake. I'm just going to check it down and we'll take, we'll take three, four yard win. It looks to me like yeah. that. That's why Wilson is so much better. I don't see him totally dominating out there. Do you? No, I don't either. And, you know, I think Wilson is somebody that right now, the, the biggest things when I watch him, um, I think he looks much more comfortable this year than last year. I think mm -hmm. the Nathaniel Hackett era kind of did something to his confidence, which is mm. um, understandable as a quarterback. If you're not playing confident, you don't really have a chance. Like you have to go out there and know that you're going to play well. It's just like, you know, being a batter at the bat, you know, I'm not going to get a hit if I don't believe I can get a hit. If I know I'm going to strike out, I'm going to strike out every time. So it's it becomes a thing as a quarterback. If you don't trust what you see, if you don't trust your coaching and the things, your preparation. And I think that's kind of what Russell Wilson got into a little bit with the Nathaniel Hackett era. I think Sean Payton has been really good for him. Now, in Sean Payton's system, they kind of make it a one to two read type of thing. You're not reading like a whole field. It's more play action based where it's, hey, we're going to have a shot, which could be a 18, 20 yard comeback for a chunk. And then it's checked down to the back of the flat or over the ball. They don't have a bunch of just drop back and throw the ball as if you're in an Aaron Rodgers system. And if they do get in shotgun and just straight drop back more times than not, it's going to be your quick game stuff is what mm -hmm. I've seen from him. So there's not a bunch of chucking the ball down the field. I also say this in Russell Wilson's defense and watching him is I don't feel like he has a great supporting cast around him. I think the offensive line is missing a piece probably here and there. And I think you need, say you go get a Devontae Adams. I think this is a much different team. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. Adams would certainly change things. Um, let me ask you, I was uh, your Twitter feed had a lot of gushy uh, positivity for Jordan Love, a quarterback who struggled mightily earlier this year. But then yeah. on Thanksgiving Island game against what I think is a putrid line secondary, you know, Jared Goff vomits up the ball a couple times and Love's yeah. got some short fields. Um, and it's it's wild. I'm telling you, I did a mock draft for Fox Sports two weeks ago. I had Packers going quarterback. And yeah. now Packers fans are like, see, Jordan Love, is he's the guy. We don't need to draft a quarterback. But remember, 
Yeah. This is a franchise that would not extend him uh, after his rookie deal. I think they made him take a little pay cut, like kind yeah. of approve it. And they, the coaches weren't really sure what they had based on the quotes in the offseason. It was like the biggest variance of any quarterback this year was like Jordan Love. Is he going to be really yeah. good or I don't know. He's been not great, but now he's turned it around the last couple of weeks. Is it yeah. have to do with the opponent or are you seeing a different Jordan Love? Um, I feel like I'm seeing more of a different Jordan Love, and maybe he got to the point just like we were talking about where it was like, hey, I don't have anything to lose because four weeks ago they were going to be moving on, and everybody kind of knew that. Now four weeks later, he's played well. He's stacked some good games um, in which I think he's probably – I think he's only thrown one interception in those last four games. Yeah. Uh, don't quote me on that, but – I think that's what I saw from the stats. Um, he is playing a much more uh, – his fundamentals, they teach you in Green Bay to throw that little pop step like Aaron Rodgers does where he's kind of jumping and throwing. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like he is more accurate in the last four weeks doing that where that's a very hard thing to master. There's a lot of guys like your Tim Boyles, Brett Hundley does oh, it as geez. well. All those guys that are it, – it's a – Aaron Rodgers, I can't believe they teach people within that system, in that building, to throw like Aaron Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers is an anomaly. Like when I was in the Vikings building, as the quarterbacks, we'd always talk about like how fundamentally unsound he is, but he can do it because he's that good. Like he's just different. It's kind of like Patrick Mahomes. Like fundamentally, Patrick Mahomes is a nightmare. But Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league, so you're going to let oh, him wait, do now, it. Wait, now, hold on. People, when people say fundamentally a nightmare, they're going to be like, wait a minute, wait a minute. There's On no planet is Patrick Mahomes a nightmare. Um, you're going to have to explain <laughs> the fundamentals. So, like, footwork-wise, he kind of just does what Patrick wants to do. Like, I'm talking – when you talk about fundamentals, you talk about, like, hey, throwing from the same arm slot every time to recreate the same accuracy. Got you. Okay. So, like, he's able to – he's so good that he's able to recreate that same accuracy from different arm slots. Like, you would never teach an, a high school quarterback that's trying to be great to throw sidearm or throw all these crazy, like, ways with your feet all messed up. But he's able to do it because he's just that good, has that kind of arm talent. So, footwork-wise, he kind of does what he wants – um, he kind of backpedals into it more so kind of like Aaron Rodgers. Like that's not like a way that you, you watch Brock Purdy. Brock Purdy has some of the best feet in the NFL right now. He is a guy that plays on schedule on time and his feet are completely married to the concepts. So that's what I mean when I say fundamentals, like mm. I'm not saying you can't be good with bad fundamentals. I mean, there's a bunch of professionals everywhere that are great with bad fundamentals. It's just, it, it makes it tough if you're not elite. Um, All right, so let's get to the batch of quarterbacks now coming out of college. Now, obviously, this is a really, really good year. Some people would say the best year in a long-ass time. Um, I guess the big problem for me when it comes to the draft is, like, you look at the teams drafting in the top 10, and it's a bunch of franchises with bad coaches, uh, questionable front office, terrible ownership, and sometimes those people are going to have no chance, you know, no chance at all. Now, a, a guy like Mac Jones coming out, loaded Alabama team, goes to Belichick, Patriots. I mean, they always figure it out. And the fact that he hasn't is scary. There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Do you love Selena? Like, really love? 
Whether you saw her live, saw the movie as a kid, or saw her looks all over TikTok, there's no shortage of reasons to stand the Queen of Tejano. And Stan, we do over three whole episodes of our podcast, Becoming an Icon. We're reminiscing as lifelong Selena fans, sharing hot takes and telling her story. Listen to Becoming an Icon on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search Becoming an Icon. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Football is back. No more preseason games. The regular season is here. While we all love watching our favorite teams on television, there is nothing better than being at a game live and in person. And the best way to get tickets to any of these games is on GameTime, the fastest-growing ticketing app in the U.S. For last-minute amazing deals on tickets to see your favorite football teams this September, download GameTime. And it's not just football. GameTime has tickets to baseball games, concerts, and comedy shows across the country. Download the GameTime app and redeem code JMAC for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, download the GameTime app and enter code JMAC. That's J-M-A-C for $20 off. No matter where you live, get out and have some fun this week. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. You look at this batch of quarterbacks, and it's kind of an interesting group. So Caleb Williams, for about over a year now, has been like the consensus favorite. He's the number one pick. He's the best prospect since... I don't know, Trevor Lawrence, Andrew Luck, whatever you want to say. Yeah. Um, he's he's really struggled this year. And I I noted in like September, once they started losing, or maybe it was early October, he's just playing backyard football almost every drop back. And yeah. like you you can't do that in the end. Like the Bryce Young experience experience has been awful. Like yeah. I know the coach got fired and Carolina doesn't have skill guys and the O line's questionable, but Bryce Young, like in the pocket, is a nightmare. He he yeah. doesn't even get to the second read, I'm guessing, many times. I yeah. still like uh, Caleb Williams, but you put out a tweet saying, you know, if I'm ranking uh, a small sample size, my top five quarterbacks, you had Caleb number four, which, yeah. uh, you know, obviously people get a hold of. I'll just say this. I had him one in my mock, but I can definitely see during the process, once teams start talking and agents and all this fun stuff, I, I can see Caleb falling to two. But I'm yeah. curious what, what you're seeing and what your guess is on, on what happens with him. Um, so to me, I think whoever gets the number one pick, and this is why I said, I wouldn't want to have the number one pick this year yeah. because you're going to be as a GM, you're going to kind of by a process of fear somewhere along the way, be afraid to pick Caleb Williams. And if I'm the GM of that team, I'm afraid to not pick him as more than anything, because if he goes somewhere and does well, which there's obviously a huge potential that he can do that. He's very talented. I don't think he's super understanding of um, the game of football right now at this point in his career. I think that can change uh, if he gets in a good system, sits behind somebody that's a an established quarterback and learns a lot about the game. But I don't see it, number one, that really happening. I see him kind of going to a situation where he's going to be forced to play immediately. I think it could get ugly. Um, for me, if I'm the Bears, 
and I and this is what I've said. So the Bears drafting Caleb Williams makes zero sense to me because to me you're getting a less athletic Justin Fields. Like I think ooh, just ooh, per- personally. Crazy. Like I think you're getting Justin Fields in my opinion is a much better athlete than Caleb and Caleb's a great athlete, but I think Justin Fields is up there with like your Lamar Jackson's. Like it's hard to he's a hard guy to bring down. Um I think he's can be an accomplished passer. I think and here's the other piece I want to get into before I start ripping quarterbacks, which is never my goal. <laughs> sure. I, like I, yeah. Yeah. Like, like I said, I want everybody to do well. Um, I'm never cheering against anybody because I know how hard it is to play this game, especially at that position. But there's really only like 16 ish to maybe 20 situations that you could go into and do okay. I'm not even talking about good or great. I'm talking about like coaching staff wise. You have to be in a system that fits your scheme or your style of play. What you're like, take uh, Nick Sirianni, for instance, in um, Philadelphia. They oh, brought yeah. more of an RPO system to Philadelphia for a quarterback that is comfortable with those kinds of things. He's able to make plays that, like, you put Justin Fields in a system like that instead of asking him to play whatever kind of football they're playing in Chicago right now. I think he's a lot better of a quarterback. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't think that. Uh, but wait, to I, be fair, we we got to see what the new. Co- I mean, I'm assuming Ibrahim is not coming back. Yeah, we got to see what the new coach is. Right. I mean, for sure. And, and that's a that's a fair question. Sorry to jump in. But like, do you think the coach should say, here's my system. I want you, Caleb, to fit it. Or should they hire a coach who caters to his system, which is whatever yeah. system Caleb Williams you think could try, thrive in? Yeah, I, I think if you're an owner uh, going through the hiring search, obviously there's going to be the GM involved there. Um, people with football knowledge is not just on the owner, but I think if you're if you're planning on drafting Caleb Williams, like if you guys are gung ho set on drafting Caleb Williams, I think you have to go get a coach that is pitching. I'm going. My system is perfect for what he does. Like I'm not going to try to fit a system to him. This system is what he should be playing in. And if he can convince you of that, I think that's your guy. Like if he can convince you that, hey, we're going to have some RPOs in here. We're going to have some things that get like quarterback on the edge, make him move, make him run, use what makes him good. Um, You know, he's a great deep ball thrower, in my opinion. Um, He's a great ad libber. Um, I don't think if you sit him down in a play action system where he's just sitting in the pocket, I don't think that's built for him to necessarily thrive and survive. The other problem, you can't hire another defensive guy because he's going to hire an offensive coordinator who will rework for Caleb. But guess what? If that works for two years, that guy's going to be hired as a head coach somewhere. Exactly. Right? So it, it's a it's a really tough spot for the. So let me ask you had Jaden Daniels one. Um, so I will say I liked LSU coming into the season. Uh, yep. I remember Daniels from Arizona State. He's to me like a RG three type, like very slithery, big arm. Yep. Blah, blah, blah. Then he goes to LSU and like, uh, sadly for college football, when, when t- good teams start losing, you lose two games. It's like people aren't really oh, yeah. watching your games because yep. you're out of the natty run. You know, mm-hmm. like I've watched more Oregon than I have Jaden Daniels. But yep. fortunately, thanks to YouTube, you can go watch every Jaden Daniels play from any game. Yep. And I, I just I got to ask, first of all, what is the offense you're seeing at LSU that he's running that's thriving? And B, would that even work in the NFL? And C, would you really consider him in Chicago? Yeah, you know, it's it's tough. I I wouldn't. So as far as Chicago goes, I don't know that Chicago, in my opinion, needs to draft a quarterback. I almost think that they have to go Marvin Harrison Jr. is the way that I would go. Try to fit some pieces around your Justin Fields 
and get an offensive mind in there. That's kind of like uh, what the Texans have done with CJ Stroud. I think they have done a, I'm his name is escaping me right now. um, The offensive coordinator there, but I've been very impressed with, the things oh, that yes. slow it, slow it. Yeah. Yes. I, I think the things that they're doing with CJ Stroud are phenomenal. Um, I don't love uh, the pieces that they have around Justin in Chicago. I don't know that they need to go quarterback at one. Um, well, I, I mean, the, the whole resetting of the quarterback clock is, is, I think, the number one reason, right? Because you Justin Fields has three years, so yep. he doesn't want to go into the fourth without a lot of guarantees going forward. That so he's well. going to say, pay me. And they're going to be like, no, you have a, you have 35 fumbles in 35 games. Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. You know, so I, I that, that, that would be my guess on uh, – and uh, like you said, what are you going to do? Trade down in the number one pick? You can't take Marvin Harrison one. You would trade down, yeah. right? Get You'd assets, think. but th- – but right, but then what if I don't know Brian Dable gets his hands on Caleb Williams and is a superstar, and then you got a situation like Carolina where, holy cow, yeah. we got the wrong quarterback, and then the coaching staff is gone, and the GM's probably in deep trouble. So, but you really would, if you're advising your front office, you would say, guys, we got something with Justin. We don't need Jaden Daniels, Drake. Where are you on Drake May, by the way? Where am I at on Drake May? So Drake May, I liked his film. Um, I obviously a very good talent, very accurate, uh, accurate to all parts of the field. His deep ball is really good. Um, I think he throws a better two ball, meaning like one of those 30 yard, like uh bullet throws, like that's got a little bit of loft. I think he throws that a little bit better than a three ball, which would be your like very lofty go. I think he overthrows those at times. He's a little bit inaccurate downfield on some of those deeper ones. But again, those are uh throws that are, you know, less probability of completing them. So it's mm-hmm. understandable. Um, Drake may is a guy that when I just watched this last game, the most recent one I've watched, I watched three games of him, but when he played Georgia tech, there were like three or four throws that were like first progression reads that I just wanted him to cut it loose. Like it's wide open and he kind of hesitated. I don't know if he lost vision behind a defensive lineman, if he just didn't see it clearly. Um, but there were times where he didn't cut it loose. And that kept showing up over and over. And then there's other times where he's very accurate. He's more athletic than people give him credit for. I yeah. think he can move a lot better than um, people think. So to me, uh, I think his ceiling, I, I had a list of Jaden Daniels, Bo Nix, uh, Drake May, Caleb Williams, and then Michael Penix. Those are my top five right now of guys that I would take. Um, I think. Okay, hold, hold on. Let me ask on May real quick. So let's say that you sit down with May and you say, hey, uh, you know, Drake, and then you explain to him what you just said. Yeah. What if he says, well, you know, uh, respectfully, Kyle, yeah. that's what my coaching staff wanted. So I had to give it to him. And in the pros, yeah. maybe, you know, um, I don't know who who the hell would who, who's drafted in second right now. It's um, um, Arizona. OK, uh, yeah. L- l- let's say Arizona says, oh, boy, oh, I love that. I love what Drake Bay's doing. I'm not doing what that coaching staff's doing. This is where I missed on Mahomes. I don't know. You were probably still playing college football, so you weren't super into it, but. I watched a lot of this Mahomes stuff, and it was just backyard football, Texas Tech. I did not see yeah. it, and I and I foolishly fell into the trap. I was, oh, these Big Twelve quarterbacks—they're playing air raid. It's like arena league defenses. Come on, it's not going to yeah. work in the NFL. And I was—I look like an idiot. I was not a believer in Mahomes coming out. Now a lot of people were, uh, yeah. including the nine teams that passed on him. But <laughs> yeah. how much should we not take into account what's happening at the college level with these teams? Uh, yeah. Oregon and Herbert's another example. Like he did, yeah, he did not look like the guy he is in the NFL at Oregon yeah. because of the offense. Yeah, you know, it, it's 
And it's tough to, uh, and that's obviously where people miss on. And that's why probably, you know, two out of three quarterbacks that go in the first round don't end up, you know, being great quarterbacks like, you know, draft status would warrant. Uh, it's really hard to project people to the next level because the game is so much faster. It's the biggest jump in, you know, high school to college is a big jump, but going to college to the NFL is even bigger. Everybody's running four fours on in the secondary. Uh, you got defensive linemen running four fours. It's about <laughs> how quickly do you process? How quickly do you get the ball out of your hands? That was one of the reasons why I really liked Bo Nix was because when I'm watching these college quarterbacks, I'm, I'm watching them and how, how their footwork is kind of married to the concept and do they get rid of the ball quickly? I think if you look at how quickly a quarterback gets rid of the ball in the NFL, I haven't seen a list of who's the fastest, but I would argue that that's probably a, a pretty good representation of who's playing well. If you're getting rid of the ball quickly, you understand where you're going with it. You're taking what the defense gives you. It may be a check down, but if a check down is five, six yards and we keep it moving, then that's okay. It's really the, the Caleb Williams style of play is just so um, difficult to project because, you know, like I was getting to, if Caleb Williams goes to the Rams and is around Sean McVay and gets to sit behind a Matthew Stafford, oh, I think, I think <laughs> Caleb Williams has an awesome chance at being a very good quarterback. If he's forced into being the guy right away where nobody mm. can tell him anything, you know, it's going to be difficult. I think he has to sit and learn for a little bit because I, the offense at USC when I watch it is just it's just a jumbled mess. There's there's like one read and then it's run or create or and it's not all like watching the offense in itself and the receivers run the routes. I'm like, what is everyone doing here? Like I watch LSU. I can tell you exactly what the concept is. I can tell you what I called it in Minnesota. I can tell you what 10 other teams that I was a part of called it. When I watch USC, it's a bunch of stuff I've never seen before where you have guys like say in a two by two formation outside guys running a go or outside guys blocking downfield and you're running a five yard out. So it's on both sides. And I'm like, these aren't real plays and concepts. That's going to be a pass interference downfield. That's going to be, mm. and, and we run into a lot of issues with this Lincoln Riley system that, you know, if anything this year, I've become less of a believer in the Lincoln Riley uh, USC hmm, system. I think it's been a detriment to uh, Caleb Williams and his progression. Wow. Uh, finally, we'll wrap up with Bo Nix. You mentioned him. Uh, he's going to have like 60 college starts under his belt, a bit of a throwback to like these yeah. guys coming out of co uh, college in the eighties. Um, it, it, it feels weird. I mentioned his name in a mock draft and all, almost universally, every fan base is like, no, thanks. I've seen enough of this yeah, guy. Yeah, exactly. And that kind of falls into the whole, like, in the NBA, if you've seen less of someone, they're more yes. attractive because you can poke holes in everything. And like, listen, I got to be honest, uh, Bo Nix, when he was for uh, playing for Oregon against Georgia, do you remember that game? It was like 56-14. Nix looked like a train wreck. Yeah, I, yeah. I have trouble getting that out of my head when I'm analyzing yeah. Bo Nix. But he can make every throw, yeah. right? Um, he's smart. He's, it doesn't look like he's going to make mistakes. I'm real curious what he does against Washington. If they win, they get to the playoff. Like how he shows against, say, a Michigan or a Georgia. Yeah. Um, It'll be because like Hendon Hooker. Do you remember him? Um, yes, Tennessee? I do. Yep. So last year he faced Georgia and I was riding the Hendon Hooker. Yeah. Heisman. I had a ticket. I was all excited. <laughs> and he I mean, it was raining, but he could not diagnose what they were doing on any play at all. No. It was yeah. I mean, he had like 87 yards pass, some some awful number. And yeah. I was like, ooh, that kind of dented his hopes. I need to see Bo Nix face like a real smart, tough defense. Like when I saw CJ Stroud against uh, Georgia, 
Mm-hmm. I think that's when you knew, right? Like, oh, dude. So uh, what are you seeing yeah, on Bo yeah. Nix? Yeah, you know, it, same kind of thing. Bo Nix plays such a way. And, and I think I'll say this. The Auburn Bo Nix, I was out on. Like, yeah. I, I, just like you. I heard the things from Jordan Palmer where he's like, he's going to win Heisman. He's going to be the first overall pick, blah, blah, blah. I was like, at Auburn, I just don't see it. But I also think that he probably wasn't in a great system. Auburn isn't really made for uh, the system. There isn't really built for building quarterbacks and teaching them how to play a pro style system of offense. Um, He goes to Oregon. It's not necessarily pro style, but there's more concepts that relate to like drop back football and understanding and reading defenses and those kinds of things that you can look at a quarterback and tell that, okay, he's got it and understands the game. So when I see him play, the biggest thing that I had written down was he gets the ball out quicker than anyone in college football. And to me, that's something that I'm getting back to my three-step drop. I'm taking a hitch and I'm getting it out to a 18 yard dagger on time in the right place. My guys are where they're supposed to be. Um, I feel like he's playing really good football. He's really accurate. Um, he doesn't have a huge arm, but he's got a good arm. He can make all the throws. I mean, to me, the huge arm thing is kind of uh, laughable when you hear yeah. like Brock Purdy is to me um, is a really good quarterback in the NFL and uh, does everything right, in my opinion. And he doesn't have a big arm. Um, you have guys like Drew Brees. Drew Brees never had a cannon. Uh, he was just crazy accurate, understood yeah. where to go with the ball. He's a field general. Um I love the mentality of Bo Nix. Uh, he's out there hyping his guys up. It's clear that they love him. They love the leadership. Um, I feel like he's doing it in the right way. You can just kind of tell when somebody has that it factor as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's seen a lot of football. He's a guy going into the NFL that, you know, he's been around a lot of guys. Um, he's been in a lot of offenses and systems. He's trans- transferred twice. There's probably a lot of maturity that goes with that. I feel like he's probably an easy guy to to follow and let lead a football team. So I really like the accuracy and how quickly he gets rid of the ball. And I think his feet are great right now. All right. We kept you long. Kyle Sloter. You can follow him on social media at Kyle S L O T E R. Um, How do you like the venom you're receiving from a lot of these fans, man? It's a, it's different when you're a quarterback and you either deliver for them or let them down, but it it feels like now, how how do you like these guys coming after you? You know, it's uh, I'll say in professional sports, it's not something that people talk about very often. But um, I mean, it's been a daily thing since I jumped in the league, you know, whether it was at I mean, on a small scale, northern Colorado, um, you go to the Broncos and, you know, everybody hates you in in one sense. And some people love you in another sense. It's something that you take with a grain of salt. Uh, You know, some people go to these social media places to just be negative. So it's just part of uh it's a part of it. I figure as long as I'm being honest with the things that I truly feel, I don't have any malintent. I don't have, uh, you know, th- there's no reason for me to just, uh, you know, shit on a guy for lack of a better word. Uh, it doesn't do me any good. It doesn't lift me up. It doesn't make me feel a certain type of way. I want everybody to do well. I feel as long as I'm being honest with the things that I'm seeing, then people are going to feel how they feel. Yeah. So. All right, Kyle Sloter. Good stuff, man. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Appreciate y'all. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. 
Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.